Welcome to the Audacious Intent Podcast with Imani Harris. This podcast is for the visionary woman who is ready to create the flexibility and freedom they desire by standing boldly in their authority. I can't wait to share tips and inspiration to keep you pressing forward in your journey so you can continue to shine as the queen that you are. All right, queen, let's dive on into today's topic. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and you are in for a treat. I have a guest on the podcast today. Yes. So it's not just me talking today, which is usually what everyone is used to, but I have brought in amazing guests. And I'm just so thrilled about what the conversation is going to be because I feel what she does is very important. Communication, 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 and especially right now with everything that's going on with the pandemic, with us all being shelter in place, we're on lockdown, we're isolated, we are going to have difficulty communicating with each other again in person. Because I don't know about you, I sometimes get Zoomed out, I get Google Meeted out, I get all the different ways of communication because it's not personal, it's impersonal. And so my guest on the podcast today, not only is she a communications coach, she's a TEDx organizer, y'all. She also has her own podcast, Ideas and Leaders, but she's also a professor. She is a woman who is on the move, doing amazing things for great people. So please help me introduce the wonderful Elena Pauletta. I love it. Welcome, Elena, to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Mani. Awesome, awesome. So let's dive right on in. What sparked the interest in you to be a communications coach? Well, I think that uh, it was a step-by-step process when I started um, my PhD studies some time ago, and uh, I realized that I have to speak to groups of people. I have to uh, teach them something and they have to listen to me I realized that no one ever taught me this skill because uh, yeah I was reading books I was learning something but those soft skills how to how to get our message through how to be heard how to make actually people learn something um, how to ask questions, how to answer questions. Those things are very often not discussed. Yeah. And, and we think that uh, it is something natural. We can speak so we can communicate. So we can speak in public so we can teach. But in fact, I realized that this was kind of a barrier for me. And I realized that not only me, uh, not, had this problem but a lot of people had Uh, the point is that not everyone wanted to work on this so they were just living with this and they were okay uh, with this and uh, now as I started step by step to educate myself I made a a trainer certification I uh, got involved into different groups 
practice public speaking. I started speaking up at conferences, at international conferences. So I kind of expanded my, uh, let, let's say this uh, comfort zone <laughs> step by right. step. And I think that a lot of people, they are still sitting in this comfort zone and they are not speaking up. Uh, they are afraid of uh, speaking on podcasts, speaking on their social media. And I think that this is something that we need to work on because I believe that everyone has amazing ideas to share. We just need to give them a little push. Uh, I definitely love that. And I do relate to having that fear of speaking because even though, like you said, yes, we can talk, yes, we can interact with one another, but is it really effective? Is it in the right way? Because I think also, too, we don't recognize like how our tone plays a part. Um, the speed of how we speak plays a role. And that can also lead to miscommunication. I think, too, that we're just so fearful, as you said, not only about what our capabilities are, but also what someone's going to say or not going to say how they are or are not going to respond. Are they going to focus on what I'm wearing if you're in public doing the speaking? Are they going to focus on your face the whole time on the Zoom? You know, we think of all these what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, instead of just really focusing on what is the message that I desire or I would love to deliver. So kind of go into how do you help the people you serve to get past that fear to truly embrace speaking and sharing their story? Well, so first we usually start with working on their limitations on their fears connected with public speaking, connected with communication. And uh, I recently had a mini course and uh, I had hundreds of people enrolled in this course. I, I was surprised myself that so many people had this fear inside them. They so we are not sharing usually this you know, on day-to-day -day basis, and we are not, you know, speaking about this with our colleagues, with our friends. Oh, hey, I'm afraid of public speaking. Hey, me too. Uh, so this is not this is not the topic of of uh, our conversations. But in this group uh, that I created for my course, we had such uh, deep conversations about those those fears and I think that this is the first step that we need to make so we need to uh, either get into conversation with someone with a group of people who who are working with with the same um, problem or just to answer those questions to ourselves so what is this exactly that I'm feeling connected with uh, communication uh, am I why am I afraid to speak up? Uh, am I afraid to of being judged? Why did something maybe happen to you when you were in school uh, or maybe it was connected with the, your parents that someone told you not to speak, speak up. So there are different people have different points in, in their lives where they kind of start because children they don't they are not afraid of speaking up of shouting this is not a problem for them but then grown-ups do and then, then there is a certain point when we start getting this 
uh, this phobia, this fear. And when we work through this in the beginning, then it is much better to go to the much easier to go to the next step. And and the next step we are working on, you know, different aspects of uh, communication and business of public speaking that we can develop to become more confident and more impactful. I definitely love that because you're, you're right. As children, we have like this innocence where we really don't under, really don't understand like the perceptions of other people. And even if they don't like something, we might get in our feelings for a little bit, but we we're still very vocal. We we kind of sometimes just go with the cuff. We just like black. We just say it. And then we think about it later once our parents are like, no, that wasn't the right thing to say or did do you know what you just said? And you're like, as a kid, no, what's the big deal? But I think as we go through our, our, our years in school and then we get with our cliques and the crowds and we get into the nuances of, you know, who are the favorite people? Who are the mean people? Who is this? Who is that? And you're trying to now figure out your identity. You get lost in the sauce because of all the perceptions and ideals that you see going around you. And I think that's really helpful that you are helping people as adults now to be like, hey, let's kind of go back to that innocence a little bit to figure out what's the barrier that got you to where you are now, where you are hesitant to speak. You're afraid to speak. You have limiting beliefs about speaking. Let's address those so then now you'll know how to handle them better. So I really love how you do that. So with everything that you do, you know, you have your, your coaching, you're the TEDx organizer, you have your own podcast, and you're also a professor. How important would you say communication is in all of those areas for you? Basically, everything I do is connected with communication and with education. So my podcast, for example, is called Ideas and Leaders. So we are discussing mainly the topics of um, connected with leadership in a corporate environment. In a, we, I'm speaking with entrepreneurs, with business leaders. And someone would say that, yeah, it is about business. It is not about communication. But in every episode, we're speaking about communication because this is what leadership is all about. Yeah. How how do we communicate with our teams how do we get our message through? How do we make ourselves be heard and uh, make our teams speak to us as well? So a lot, a lot of communication aspects there. TEDx uh, is a platform, uh, is another platform I'm activating. This is the, um, the place where we are bringing people with amazing ideas and we make them be heard. So again, many people think that TEDx speakers are amazing professional speakers, but this is not true. We are bringing people with amazing ideas to our stage, and then we teach them how to uh, get their message through. So we have months and months of coaching process. We working with our speakers, and uh, this is uh, without those communication skills. I don't think that those ideas would stick and and those stories would be so impactful but why TEDx is one of the most popular platforms now in the world for sharing ideas is because speakers are getting trained and uh, when they're speaking from the stage 
then this is not just another speech. This is a TEDx speech. So they, they have months and months of preparation. So, yeah, I think that uh, communication is important everywhere. And also, you know, in the academic environment, I think uh, communication is something that we still need to kind of enhance a little bit because um, I can see from the inside that those uh, people who are working uh, in the universities, they are so smart. And I'm like when I'm with around them, then I feel that this there is this huge knowledge. Everyone is an expert in a certain field. However, when I'm listening to them uh, at a scientific conference, not always I can understand what they're speaking about. And this is not because they they don't know the topic. They they devoted their whole life to this topic. This is just because they were not trained properly to speak about this topic. And uh, students, uh, I guess they would also need a more effective way of communication uh, uh, during their classes, their lectures. So I think that in every every aspect of our lives, of our businesses, communication is number one. Also in our private lives, you know, uh, it is not only about giving presentations or talks at the big stages. It is also about how do we communicate, how do we get our message through with our families, with our friends, uh, using social media, for example. How do we speak and uh, get our message through in, in different channels? So, yeah, communication is definitely number one for me. I love that because that's true. We don't talk about communication in secondary education. You know, when you're going through K through 12, there's not a communications class. There's science, there's math, there's PE, there's social studies, there's English, you know, there's home economics. You know, when I was going through school, I'm aging myself. But now there's not anything that's about this is how we do interpersonal communication. This is how we do this type of communication. There's these different communication styles. I didn't learn that until I actually went to college. So it's kind of like you're like behind the ball trying to catch up to it to get to up to speed and where you need to. So do you think it would be beneficial to have communication be taught in post-secondary education instead of waiting until the college level? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, it's great that you're asking about this because this is one of my upcoming projects that it is just in my head right now. But I know that I will do it maybe next year or in two years. I will start this because I want to introduce uh, maybe on on a small scale for now to introduce uh, communication and leadership in schools. In the beginning, in, in a couple of chosen schools that will want to cooperate, but then I want to kind of try to to push and to scale this project because it is so important that from the early childhood we learn how to express ourselves, how to um, you know manage our insecurities because everyone has different types of uh, fears, insecurities. This is the way that we just need the way to manage it and to live with it. Mm, for example, I am, uh, I have two daughters 
and they are now eight and eleven. And we are playing sometimes. We're playing a speaking game, and they love it. Uh, you know, they, we we are asking random questions, and we have uh, one or two minutes to answer this question. And we start, uh, and then we're giving each other points or something of the who 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 has the better presentation. And it can be anything. Like, what do you prefer, cats or dogs? Do you like uh, apples or bananas? You know, and anything. It's just that you're learning how to uh, speak about certain topic in a structured way, in a way so that others understand what you want to say, not just uh, speaking about different things in an unstructured manner, but, you know, introduction, several parts of your presentation and conclusion. So absolutely basic things we are covering. But I, th- but uh, my girls, they love it. They love it. And why I don't, I don't know why uh, even older kids, uh, youth uh, would not want to practice this because this is fun. This fun uh, to, to do it in a group of people whether in online or environment, uh, as, as uh, we have now a lot of online meetings, it is also fun to do this online. Or uh, in, in any form, we can practice this impromptu speaking. And I think that if we start from very young age and we practice it regularly, then in, we would not have so many insecurities as grown-ups. So we definitely need to start younger. I like how you do that with your girls, that you make it fun. I think sometimes we look at a certain subject or something that we're doing and we're like, that's not fun. I'm not doing that. You know, especially when you're getting older and you get into middle school and you have all that peer pressure, your whole perspective changes, even on things you thought were fun in elementary school, but they're not cool anymore now that you're in middle school and high school. And I think that causes us a lot of times to kind of dumb ourselves down in a sense and hide the true essence of who we are because we now are introduced to those societal labels and constraints. And so making it fun, I think it's better because I know when I had to take public speaking in college, I was like, are you serious? I'm not doing this. (laughs) I'm an introvert. And so I defaulted to back to that comfort zone. And I also think, too, what is another good point is there's also the cultural issues that come into play. You know, being West Indian, we grew up in a household where children were not to speak. You were just to be seen and not heard. (laughs) Period. So you learned very early not to say anything, not to open up, not to share your voice because you knew that was a non-negotiable in your house. And I think that also can play into it when you become older, because now you're fighting with your younger self of how you grew up. Like, wait a minute, I wasn't allowed to speak. That was not an option where now it's like, okay, no, you have permission to speak. And how to bridge the gap with that disconnect from, okay, your childhood to now your present so that you can better engage into your future. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, uh, I think I see among my clients uh, when I'm working with people, I see the impact of their childhood, the way they, they were raised, how it is impacting their communication style a lot. 
I, I, I can see, um, I can see this. And uh, sometimes people realize that this is just not serving them. So they need to kind of, uh, break, break the pattern at some point. And I think that realization that uh, understanding that you have a certain issue and this is not true anymore. You, you, it does not serve you anymore. So if someone told you to be quiet, uh, now no one is telling you to be quiet anymore. So you can, you can start practicing. And then we are, it is very hard to break those patterns, you know, when I'm working with my clients and for example, someone is speaking very fast. This is one of the patterns of, of uh, communicators. I'm sure that you know, and your listeners, you know, uh, fast speakers they are speaking so fast because they just want to finish as soon as possible and uh, i'm we are starting working on this we realize where it is coming from and then we're trying to break this pattern so speak slower speak slower speak slower they are starting to speak slower but the second sentence they come back to the uh, previous speed and it is so hard so we are recording uh, ourselves then we look at the recording and they say yes I'm still speaking too fast then we are exaggerating and you know going out of the comfort zone and speaking very slowly but then they look at the recording and say oh this is good I like it but I did not feel comfortable doing this so it takes you know a lot many many steps uh Many times you need to get feedback. You need to give feedback to yourself, which I think is much more important than just myself or any other coach uh, or any other person giving you feedback. Because what you want to achieve is you want to become a better version of yourself. So you don't want to be a perfect uh, communicator or, you know, the professional speaker or you don't want to be like you know Barack Obama immediately and uh you want to uh go to, into the direction that you want to go so for example you set yourself go I want to speak a bit slower or a bit louder and it, depending on the on the person and then we are working on this step by step so it is doable it is doable, uh, but um, I think that we need to start breaking the pattern at, at a certain point. And you know what? I, I also think, thought about uh, my pattern at home uh, that I had. Uh, I could never negotiate or say no at home. So as, as a child, I was supposed to be quiet and, you know, someone's uh, saying something and I'm like, okay. But I can see that my daughter now, she's 11, and she's always, you know, speaking, uh, negotiating, uh, trying to push through her point of view. And, you know, in the beginning, I was like, oh, but I am right. You know, I am, I am the mother here. <laughs> but then I realized that I will not keep repeating this pattern because she needs to learn how to negotiate yes yeah? so she this is i am just uh, here temporarily but then she will have her whole life and she needs to know how to uh, speak up how to um 
push her her point of view. And when we are negotiating about something, I am saying, okay, so this argument that you presented was not strong enough. If you will present me a stronger argument, and then I'm kind of teaching her what how she can how she can negotiate better, then I will allow you something, I don't know, to eat ice cream or anything else. And you know, I can see that she's getting better and better in this. And uh, if and I, I understand that this is because I just allowed her. So I broke this pattern at a certain point and I said, okay, I did not get this kind of education at home, but now my uh, my girls will have it. So maybe it will be easier for them later on in life. I love that you say we have to break the cycle. And in a sense, you basically are giving your daughters permission to have some freedoms. Yes, you're still the parent. Yes, you're the person they're supposed to look up to. But you're also giving them the capacity to voice their their words, voice their concern, but in a respectful way. I think what you're doing is kind of like bringing the harmony together of, okay, yes, you're still a child, but that still doesn't mean your words aren't valuable, your ideas, your thoughts aren't valuable. And we can still talk them through, and then we can show those points of disagreement or how to formulate a better statement the next time going around, because that's what life is all about, is you're constantly learning, you're growing, you're shifting, you're pivoting, you're fine-tuning and tweaking. Everything about yourself from what you think to what you speak to even how you act. So I think that is so key. And I know for me, myself, when I started doing my podcast, I didn't want to listen to myself. I thought I sounded like a little kid that no one would take me seriously, you know, but as I kept doing it and got consistent, I became more comfortable. And I would say I actually embraced how I sounded. Because it is effective, you know, people like to joke and say I have a velvet voice, it's very soothing, but it still commands a presence because of how I use my tones and different, you know, spectrums. And I'm like, okay, that actually makes sense. And it has benefited me working in the medical field because you can dis- you can actually dissipate a tense situation with the patient who's upset they're hurting they are unsure about what's going on so they're cussing you out but you don't raise your voice with them you're just like okay I understand how you're feeling we will definitely address that do you still want to be seen because now you are deflating their angst you are deflating their anger and you are still addressing them as a person and I think that is so key Another point you have stated about talking too fast. I've had to learn not to talk too fast because for me, if I get all this information and someone asks me a question, it's like people joke about that. My my brain is like a computer. So it's like they get the input and the output so fast because my brain just gets the going. And then I'm so excited that I just like just word vomit over you. And then I can tell you're confused. I'm like, so where did I lose you? You know, (laughs) Because I'm like, I'm like, just like you said, I want to get all of it out before I forget it (laughs) and I don't see you again. But I've learned to not overwhelm people that way, to give them bits and pieces of that subject, but in separate instances, because I know 
And for me, if it was done to me, I would be overwhelmed. I would look like a deer in the headlights, too. So I think that's also the other part is think how the other person would be viewing it if you're the one doing it. How would you feel if the world if the roles were reversed and they were just shouting off at you or just giving you bullet point you know responses and then there's like dead silence? It's being able to, and I think how you're doing that with your daughters is you're helping them to understand in different situations, in different instances, in different topics, how to approach them. Also, how to listen actively, which I think we have a hard time of doing now. We're hearing you, but we're not really listening because we're so multitasking and we have our, you know, focus on so many other things, but we're not being actively present. You are teaching your daughters, you're teaching your clients how to be actively present with listening so that they can give off the right information from their ideas, their visions, and their passions. So I absolutely love that. What I would like for you to share is what would be three tips to give someone who wants to get past their fear of speaking and communicating effectively? Hmm, Three tips. Well, the first one would be make sure to be prepared because the biggest fears we have around public speaking, around communication is when we are not prepared. So we can, uh, if, if we know the topic of uh, our presentation or of our upcoming conversation negotiations, we can prepare. We don't have to you know, write down everything, but just prepare the main points, your main arguments, main facts that you want to present, write down a few numbers, statistics, something that you can use. So when you're prepared, at least you have a couple of bullet points in your mind, then it will be much, much easier for you. And you will, you will still be nervous, but not so much. Because this, fe- this feeling of being unprepared is what is causing the biggest amount of fear. Then the second tip would be not only prepare your presentation, but also prepare your mind. And this is something we don't think about when we are preparing for an important meeting or a presentation that we are overthinking we are not relaxed. Uh, we need to go into this state of kind of mindfulness, maybe meditation, maybe prayer, whatever helps us to be here and now with ourselves, not going into our thoughts and start overthinking and repeating this presentation and imagining how bad it will be. Again, uh, what we want to do is to avoid these negative patterns and to uh, have positive affirmations in, instead of those negative. We love to complain. We love someone asks you, oh, so how is your upcoming presentation? Oh, it's awful. I didn't prepare anything. I will fail. So we love this. And we need to stop doing it because our brain, our mind, it hears everything. And, you know, your wish is my command. (laughs) You're (laughs) saying that you will fail. You will fail. That's why if someone asks you, how is your presentation? It is 
Great. Thank you. I still need to prepare a couple of points. Yeah, so I, I, I will speak about this and that. Try to make it as positive as possible and uh, calm down, whatever works for you. So this was the second point about mind. And the third point, which, uh, which is also super important, is prepare your body. Because we don't think about this, but when we get those panic attacks in the, before a very important presentation, we feel that the heart is beating and we get dry mouth, our palms are sweating, and we don't understand what is going on. We are overthinking and overreacting. And we can avoid this because this is typical body reaction to stress. So our body releases this uh, adrenaline when anything happens like public speaking situation or something else which is unexpected. We are scared or when we are in love, when we're going on a first date, you know, we have the same kind of symptoms. And, and also we have we feel a heart, we feel, you know, hands are shaking. This is we just need to understand that. Our body is a machine which is reacts in a certain way, and this is not something that is typical about you. It is something that everyone has more or less in, in a similar ways. Of course, different people feel it differently. But we can do something about it. For example, what we can do is we can uh, hydrate for sure, drink water, because when we are dehydrated and we are stressed, we forget to drink and to eat for a couple of days before an important event, then it will make it much worse. You will get dry mouth, dry lips, you will not be able to speak, and you will get even bigger panic attack after this. So hydrate, eat healthy, uh, work out. Even during the day uh, before your presentation, if it is possible, you know, jump or run around, do some movements because when you get this energy flowing, then you will be more relaxed and your body will not have such uh, reactions. I mean, it will, you will be, feel that you're nervous, but you won't have this huge panic attacks that you, can't, you don't, you have no idea what is going on. If you get your body move, moving and it can be, uh, you know, yoga, it can be a walk, even if uh, you, you're not a fan of of uh, sports and working out, it can be a walk, it can be a jog. So anything that will get your body moving. So this is, I think, that the three most important thing that we need to think about is to prepare our presentation, to prepare our mind and to prepare our body. I absolutely love how you broke that down because, you know, sometimes people try to make it like so obtruse and so unreachable that even with those three simple tips, people are still overwhelmed. They're like, I can't do that. And just like you said, you know, your brain is meant to respond to what you think. So if you say no, then your brain's like, okay, cool, no. But if you say yes, then it's going to say yes because it doesn't know the difference between what is real and what is not. It's just what you tell it to do. And so I think that is so, so key. And even the hydration part, 
I think even with hydration, I think even remembering to breathe deeply is something else we also forget to do. We like get panicked. We're like panting. And it's like, okay, just take a couple real deep breaths. And that can easily switch your brain and back to, okay, now let's calm down. Drinking water is so important because I think a lot of times we think we're hungry when we're really thirsty. And so we don't think to make sure we're getting a certain amount of ounces every single hour or during a certain part of the day is something that I would say in a sense, we kind of take it, you know, take it for granted that yes, the fluid is there, but we also have to make sure we intake the fluid as well. And so it's all about having harmony in all three of those areas and not only the presentation, but your mindset, then your body. I laugh because every time I'm about to speak, I tell people, you should see me the first 15 minutes before like the countdown for me to speak. I am acting a fool. I'm asking God to not let me do this. Oh my gosh, what am I going to say? How is this going to happen? I'm freaking out. My heart is beating fast. But then when it's time to press the mic, like in Clubhouse, it was like, but you sound so calm. I was like, cause that's showtime. <laughs> I was like, I got to get all the angst out first. And then showtime. Then it's like, okay, God takes over at that point. He's like, okay, cool. You added a fool. It's okay, daughter. Okay, now just press, press the cord. And then boop, then it comes out. And then I'm nervous afterwards too. Like, did that actually go okay? And I think that's actually natural. If we don't ever have kind of like those butterflies, I think that's when we feel we are too arrived and we don't need any more assistance or help. So I just love everything that you said, Elena. I've loved having you on this episode. So please tell everyone, how can they connect with you to learn more about what you do? So uh, please connect with me on my social media. I'm available on Instagram, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Clubhouse, Twitter, uh, everywhere you can you can find me. I have a couple of um, free uh, materials available uh, if you want to upload. Um, I just you know contact me and uh, I will send you. I have a guide how to become a TEDx speaker. I have a guide how to uh, 10 strategies for impactful online presentations. So whatever you're interested in, I think that I would be, I, I, I would be able to help you in the area of communication and public speaking. So uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for having me here. And if your listeners want to contact me, I would love to uh, help them. Absolutely. It has been a pleasure, Miss Elena, for being here on the podcast. Everyone, if there was something that resonated with you today that caused a spark in your thinking to shift your perspective into seeing how amazing you are and can continue to be in your communication, Elena would love to hear from you. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope that it has served you well and continue to soar and shine in everything that you do. This has been the Audacious Intent Podcast with Imani Harris. Thank you so much for joining. I hope that what you heard today was helpful to you. If you have feedback on today's episode, Feel free to message hello at audaciouslymade.com. 
I'd love to hear from you. Be sure to join me again next time for another episode of education and empowerment to stand boldly in your life and business. Thanks for listening and continue to shine in everything you do.